Welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. Producer Sunshine just realized we're doing a show and it's ran to her side of the room. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome into Impact Media's weekly, once a week, weekly MMA and pro wrestling show. Welcome in. Welcome in. Yes, I'm going to talk about last week's wrestling and MMA. I am going to preview UFC 259 that is this weekend, this Saturday. I'm going to talk about the Askren Paul fight. We now know a date and we know a city. And I have some general ideas for a venue. We'll see. I'm feeling really good at that point. Maybe I throw a few out. Maybe I keep those to myself for now. But I think I know where that's going to be. And then also we're going to talk AEW Revolution. Because they have a big pay-per-view coming up. And uh, I'll weigh in on the card of that. But I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. And that is that I'm going to take, you know, normally I talk about last week's stuff. I usually don't talk about the current week. Uh, Yeah, we're getting to you pretty late in the week. But I want to talk to you about something that happened on Monday. Because it is fantastic. I was ecstatic when it happened. It is long overdue. I think you guys should know by now. But I'm going I'm to tell you, I, I feel different ways about the different sides of this. But firstly, that's what I'm going to say. Before I even talk about last week's Monday Night Raw, and I will exclude these two people that I'm going to talk about here from the main things, from, from talking about what they did last week. I want to talk to you about how this Monday they used The Miz, the WWE champ, and they used Bobby Lashley, I guess the the former champ, now the new champion. Congratulations, Bobby Lashley. That's long overdue. They did a month's worth of storylines, a month's worth of matches, storylines, everything. I don't know why they did it so quickly, but the fact that they did it in one night. Uh, they haven't done this since they did the uh, Randy Orton won the title, lost the title, won the title in the same pay-per-view years and years ago. It involved Triple H and, and uh, I think Batista and some other people. And, and I don't know why they did it so quickly because they, they have a pay-per-view called Fastlane that they could have they could have done this at between now and there. But here's what they did. They, you know, the Miz did a good job of ducking Bobby Lashley last week. That pretty much catches you up with what they did last week. And with the Elimination Chamber fallout, because that's something that we do know. The Elimination Chamber fallout is, well, Drew McIntyre won the Elimination Chamber. Bobby Lashley took him out. The Miz cashed in, and then Lashley said, hey, I did you a favor, do me a favor. And the Miz has been ducking him because he's Bobby Lashley, and he is a bad, bad man. So,
Um, so they had the Miz and Lashley were supposed to have a match to maybe start Raw, and so Lashley comes to the ring. MVP is with it. The Miz music hits. No Miz. They're looking around. They're looking at the referee. The referee's like, I'm as baffled as you are. We go to the back. We see the Miz in one of his most epic daytime Emmy moments. Is uh, saying that he's, he's, his stomach is cramping up, that uh, he can't do the match. So I have to do it another time. Uh, Morrison's there. Adam Pierce walks up, and he's not buying it. And he says, you will have a match with Bobby Lashley tonight at what was it, the 10 o'clock hour. Maybe this was at 9 o'clock that this happened. But uh, you will have one tonight, whether I, whether I have to pick you up and take you to the ring myself. So, okay. So fast forward a little bit throughout Raw. Uh, once again, Bobby Lashley and MVP come to the ring. The Miz's music hits. Here comes the Miz. Here comes Morrison. They uh, still take their time getting to the ring. They get in the ring. Uh, it gets announced, you know, from Cleveland, Ohio, the champ, the Miz. They never say where Paul is from Boulder, Colorado. He's right over in that way or somewhere. That's, you know, he was an Army Ranger. MMA. Either way, they uh, they mentioned from the Hurt Business. They mentioned uh, some stuff like that. But, um, so the match starts. Before they can lock up, the Miz uh, drops to his back, rolls out of the ring, runs over, grabs his title, and takes off running from the back. He gets counted out. Now, I'm not even going to use the word technically. Now, did they have a match that officially goes in the books? Yes. Once again, this is like two weeks of storylines up to this point. So, uh... Lashley is is pretty upset, I think would be a logical way to say this. So what does Lashley do? He finds Adam Pierce. He says, you fix this. And not just because he's he's bad, bad Bob Lashley. Bobby Lashley. Not just because he is who he is. But Adam Pierce is like, oh yeah, no, I totally agree with you. This is this is garbage. This is uh this is a total crap what he's doing to you. So he goes and finds the Miz, and the Miz cuts a promo that is very real, and it is very true, and it is one of the best he has ever cut. And maybe it's because of those things. He says to Adam Pierce, "He says you basically you keep this in mind. Every time you guys need uh, a superstar appearance, every time you guys need." a game show host, every time you guys need a reality star, every time you guys need a 6 a.m. media interview, a uh, every time you guys need that big, basically celebrity presence in the media, they call one guy, or at least they call him first. And that's the Miz. Sure, other people do talk shows and other people do the media rounds and things like that, especially around WrestleMania, which is coming up. But he, he, he has a point. 
the most must see WWE TV, the most must see WWE superstar. That's a pretty appropriate. It's a pretty appropriate nickname he gave himself because it's true. The things we don't see, like like he said, uh, having to get up at six a.m. to do a media call with this outlet or that outlet or or these partners or those partners, yeah, the Miz is in on a ton of those, tons. Um, I don't know that John Cena's new game show gig is through WWE, but last time they needed a host for a show, they called the Miz. He's been in, what, five Marine movies. He has a reality show with his family through WWE. He, I mean, he, he has a point. He says, so Adam Pearce, you keep that in mind. And Adam Pearce does what he was supposed to do, even though he respects what the Miz says there, and he knows it's 100% or it's at least 90% accurate. And he says, you still have a match. You know, we appreciate what you do. You still have a match with Bobby Lashley later tonight. To which the Miz goes, I guess you're going to come up with some stipulation to try to make sure, uh, like a no no DQ or a no count out so that I can't run off again, right? Pierce says, I'll come up with something. So the Miz tromps off. Comes match time. Main event time now. And honestly, they knocked it down to 10 minutes, which tells me, Maybe the Miz is injured. Maybe uh, because I've seen the Miz go 30, 40 minutes with the biggest, baddest ones out, including John Cena. I've seen Bobby Lashley go 20, 30, 40 minutes with people all over the board. But they get, maybe it's because they didn't need this long to tell this story. So they call these guys, both of them out of the ring, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, WWE champ. The Miz, uh, same thing, they, they don't mention where Bobby Lashley's from, which is weird. Uh, they're about to start the match. Adam Pearce comes out and says, hold on. So I'll just will come up with something for this. To which he introduces the entire Raw roster as Lumberjacks. And he says, he basically says, doesn't matter what side of the coin they fall on, whether they like you, whether they like you, whether they don't like you, whether they don't like either one of you. Their goal is to make sure the two of you stay in that ring. And I give the Lumberjacks credit. Because even when Lashley goes to the outside, the Hurt Business makes sure he's okay, but they also kind of encourage him to go ahead and get back in the ring. The Miz decides he's going to kind of go out, and that that didn't work either. He takes a couple shots, and they sling him back in. So this match is going to stay inside, and there's no shenanigans. A lot of times during these matches, you'll see uh, the good guy side, the bad guy side end up brawling with each other, and it, it leaves uh, somebody open to for shenanigans. In it. There was no shenanigans. This was the Miz tried every trick he could come up with to evade and, and pick his shots, which is very much his strategy in, in a lot of matches. And against Bobby Lashley, you do that. You can't go head on with Bobby Lashley. And no matter what he did, uh, when when you can find somebody to you can find somebody to just the ring like that, you can't get away from Bobby Lashley. Lashley ends up getting the victory. It was a great victory. It was a clean victory. Uh, he was a little emotional at the end, as he should be. 
this is a huge moment. I think he should have been champ five, six years ago. Uh, I understand the arguments they had then, but it's totally stupid. But congratulations, Bobby Lashley, your new WWE champ. That's the Raw champ. Um, he is only the third African-American WWE champ ever. And without you guys having to look him up, I'll tell you. Last year, there was a man named Kofi Kingston who won the Elimination Chamber and got to be champ. And uh, Or maybe it was two years ago. Either way, recently, Kofi Kingston wins it. I think it was last year. So I thought I remember doing a show about it. But either way, Kofi was the second one. Lastly, the third. The first one, man by the name of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And before everybody goes, oh, he's Samoan. He's half Samoan on his mother's side. He's half African-American, his dad's side. Look it up. And, hey, you guys don't want to count that? That's on you. I count that. Only the third in WWE. That's that's almost embarrassing. And I heard this argument, too. I heard this argument. Well, there hadn't really been a lot of uh, African-American uh, wrestlers that that are, are really in the, the big title picture. Okay. You're right on that. But that's not because of lack of talent or lack of the African-American presence in the WWE. It's the fact that WWE writers or whoever they want to throw under the bus under this one didn't really go out of their way to build any of these guys into stars. It's part of the reason why they have to get Edge and John Cena and The Undertaker to come back every year for WrestleMania. Triple H, these guys that are established stars, because outside of Roman Reigns and The Fiend and Randy Orton, who else have they built up? Randy Orton was already, he's part of the old school squad. The Fiend did it on his own. And Roman Reigns, with the help of and encouragement of, of Paul Heyman, has turned himself into a big megastar. Uh, you could say Kevin Owens. I'll give Kevin Owens that credit. But still, that's it. WWE's not done a great job. Uh, you got to think. The, the guy that they started to kind of invest in before he left was Dean Ambrose, who's now in AEW and New Japan. So, I put this on WWE that this is almost embarrassing that Bobby Lashley is only the third. But I don't want to take away from this moment. I think Bobby Lashley should be champion for six, eight months. In fact, let's talk about who he called out. Because obviously you would think, okay, the Miz is going to want, the Miz is going to want his rematch, to which he should be entitled to one, sure. Drew McIntyre can raise his hand and say, hey, I've never got my rematch from when he beat me, when the Miz beat me. So we can have that triple threat. And I'll echo what you guys are probably thinking. I don't know that I want to see that match. It's it's not, you got McIntyre, who is a kind of brawler. You've got Bobby Lashley, who is a MMA-style grappler. And, re- and amateur wrestler background, and The Miz, who is kind of like the new edge, the ultimate opportunist, but he's a great showman. It's not a great mix for a triple threat match at WrestleMania. If they want to have this match at Fastlane, okay. You want to have it after WrestleMania? Okay. But Bobby Lashley, I don't know officially, unofficially what he did, but what I heard was he, st- he stood up on a stage, and he said, give me Brock Lesnar. 
To which I say, here's my wallet. Take my money. This We've been wanting Lashley Lesnar for, gosh, 10 years. And I think they're at the it's at the right moment. If anybody can take on the monster Lesnar, it's Bobby Lashley. Like I said, I, I'm behind Bobby Lashley on this. And it, it doesn't matter if he's your favorite wrestler, your non-favorite wrestler. If he goes against your favorite wrestler, because, hey, I'll be honest, there's wrestlers I like better than Bobby Lashley, but he's up there on my list. I enjoyed his MMA run. I enjoyed his run in, in uh, TNA Impact Wrestling. Bobby Lashley's always been a good talent. Just nobody strapped the rocket to him till now. So can, can we get Lashley Lesnar? I think it's possible. Why wouldn't you? That's a bigger match than Edge versus Roman, even though that's technically going to be the main event. You put Lesnar, Lashley, two or three matches before, you put in the middle of the card, before you get to the main event, and holy crap. I mean, it's it's one of the biggest matchups you can get. Now, I told you, and this show may turn into a big rant from just these two main topics. I'll get to the other stuff in a second. Now, I told you, that there is there's another side to this. And it's the side that I brought up a second ago. The Miz. Let's not forget the Miz in all this. He doesn't need to go out and get buried in a match. That's why I say if you're going to give him a rematch with Lashley, it doesn't need to be right now. Or you, you just don't need him to go get buried. He needs to look respectable. So, but like I said, think about it. The Miz is now a multiple-time world champion. And he's a guy who, as Jim, Mor- uh, as, not Jim Morrison, as John Morrison said, he shouldn't have been WWE champion to start with. He's a guy that when he first showed up to WWE, he was from the real world, from MTV. Uh, he was just a guy who had created a persona called The Miz and uh, he was loud and obnoxious, and he loved to run his mouth. And a month in, everybody just says, this guy's not going to make it. He's never going to be anything. He'll be gone in a month. And he went in. I mean, the famous story with JBL. JBL says it all the time. He saw The Miz early on, and he's like, who is this clown? Why is he in my ring? And then every time JBL would show up to the to the training center or show up, you know, to events, Miz was already there. And he was already working. He was working on his craft. He was constantly asking people like The Undertaker and JBL and the John Cena's, hey, how can I get better? What do you guys see? What can I do different here? What could I? And he worked his ass off to get where he is. Because, yeah, when, when I saw him on the uh, the Real World and, and Real World Road Rules Challenge and he had the whole Miz persona, I was like, oh, that's that, that's cute. That, that's all right. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, he wants to be a wrestler. All right. Well, he could uh, he could he could be in one of the smaller ones. He may have a, an indie career where, where he's uh, people come see all oh, the MTV guy, all oh, the MTV guy. OK, cool. But no, he went out there and he carved out his space in. In, in WWE history, let alone wrestling history. So, 
kudos to the Miz, and I hope they respect him enough to do him the solid. That even if he gets a rematch, we obviously know he's not going to win it back right now. That do him the respect of making him uh, look respectable in this match. Because I'm sure Lashley would want to do that. For what the Miz did for him, absolutely. Absolutely. But that's kind of my rant on that for now. You know, usually I don't go as 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 the week ahead or the week above it. But I, I just wanted to get that into it. Then. Congratulations to Lashley. And let's not forget about that the Miz more than did his part in this. And, uh, I mean, he was a transitional champion. He was, what, 10 days? How many people would would even agree to that out of the gate? The Miz would, would happily, if you said you're going to have it for 10 minutes, you'd probably go, that's fine, because that's what's good for the company, to move it to this other guy or for me to do this with it. And so that's what he did. Um, I'm just going to kind of breeze over this, because if uh, stuff from last week, that if it really doesn't factor in, if it's not as big as this stuff, then, then it's not worth telling you guys about. Because you guys watch the shows. And if you don't watch the shows, you're not missing much sometimes. But let's see. Um... I mean, the fact that Cedric and Shelton are the tag champions on Raw is nice. That means the Hurt Business has three of the four major titles on Raw, with the only one they'd be missing the, what, U.S. title, which Riddle has. He won it in a, in a three-way match where Lashley didn't lose, but they needed to move the title off of him so that they could push him up. And I'll be honest, I think Big E should be one of the next guys up, too. You get the title off of him from SmackDown. You get the Intercontinental title off of him. And he should be in the title picture as well. Maybe I would find a way to put him in the match with Edge and and Roman Reigns, honestly, and uh, have him beat Edge so that Roman is not involved in the finish. So then the rematch can be Roman and him and whatever follow-up you want to get to. That's what I would do. But uh, they de- uh, they showed a video package where Rhea Ripley's going to be on Raw soon. Okay, I think the fact that they signed one of the biggest classes of wrestlers in NXT last week, Rhea Ripley needed to get out of NXT because there is somebody they signed that uh, would be would put her in real danger of not being as big as she is, and I will get into that in a minute. Uh, they're they're still trying. I don't know why Bray Wyatt is not back on TV unless there is a real injury going on, which is very possible. Remember, I don't read the dirt sheets. Maybe you guys know more than I do. But they're still doing the stuff with Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss, and now they're getting into some sci-fi stuff where he's, like, spitting up black liquid and stuff like that. It's interesting. It's it's interesting because this is a storyline I want to see play out. I like all three pieces involved. It's it's a reason to watch Raw. The only reasons to watch Raw, Bobby Lashley, uh, New Day, The Miz, uh, The Hurt Business in general. I really like that fact, so I don't want to bust up. Uh, they got Damian Priest on that side now, and the fact that Bad Bunny comes down with his 24-7 championship, that's cool because Bad Bunny's giving them great press. Bad Bunny took the 24-7 championship 
And in the second musical performance he had on Saturday Night Live last weekend, he had the belt with him. That is huge. That Now, granted, that's NBC. And NBC is the parent company of USA that Raw is on. But nobody told Bad Bunny to do that. That's just good PR. Uh, let's see, what else was there? Um, they're in a weird spot now because Oscar has a concussion because Shayna Baszler kicked her in the side of the head during a match. I don't think she meant to, but it's a pretty good shot. Um, and that was pretty much all raw, to be honest. Uh, NXT last week, it seems like Gargano and Loomis are going to keep feuding for a little bit. They, they've got some weird tie-ins that happened this week that I won't really get into now, but it seems like Loomis means something different to each of the four Gargano squad. But um, Loomis is a, a real good emerging wrestler, and Johnny Wrestling is fantastic. So I look forward to that. Um. In NXT, they're really building up Io Shirai versus Tony Storm one-on-one. I look forward to that because I hope Tony Storm wins. Could be wrong. Either way. Uh, that's Io Shirai is really good. Tony Storm's really good. That would be a good showdown. Looks like it's going to happen next week. So, you know, spoiler alert, it didn't happen this week. Um... The Grizzled Young Vets continue to build up. I don't think they're ready to be put in a title picture yet. They did have a thing going with MSK, but one of the MSK guys hurt his hand. He'll be out a little while. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what they do with the Grizzled Young Vets. There's uh, It's kind of getting crowded in the tag scene over there in NXT now that everybody is kind of back from the, the, the virus quarantines. And then this whole Escobar cross thing. I, I hope it continues. Uh, spoiler alert, it does a little bit this week, but not not as much as you'd think. But it seems like the two of them, if, if they get into a big, I would call it blood feud, but a big time feud, I could see it carrying over into Raw or SmackDown when they both get, get moved up. I look forward to that. I, I very much see that that could be a great thing. And it's showing that Escobar is not just a cruiserweight guy, that he he can be a big-time player. You know, he can be an Andrade-type guy. Um, then you kind of got the uh, the Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Finn Balor stuff. Not really spoiler alert, but that plays out a little bit this week, too. You'll, you'll get a match with a couple of them. Uh, L.A. Knight comes out and talks. L.A. Knight, of course, is uh, Eli Drake. I wish he'd go back to his yeah dummy stuff, but, uh, you know, uh, the fact of life is pretty cool. Uh, you know, I talked about the signing class, so before I talk about SmackDown, let me uh, let me tell you something about NXT. NXT had its biggest, I don't know about most talented, it's, it's really star-studded, but its biggest signing class they've ever had. 
there was Jennifer Cantu. These are just the bigger ones you're going to know right off. Jennifer Cantu. She is the daughter of Bronco. Look up Bronco if you don't know who that is. She is an indie darling, just like a couple of the rest of these are. They were the indie free agents that, if WWE didn't sign them, their competition was going to and feature them. And they and WWE didn't sign them just to keep them away from other people. No, these are people that are going to put some other people out of some jobs. That's why I said there is one on this list that uh, Rhea Ripley should be glad uh, she's not going to be in NXT at the same time as her because I don't know that it work out for Rhea. Um, you get Parker Boudreaux. Once again, look it up. You get L.A. Knight. They call, they're calling him L.A. Knight. He's he's Eli Drake. He's came. It seems like him, and, and he did kind of pair off with somebody this week that uh, I'm not going to tell you who it was, but he pairs off. So you kind of see where his first shoot's going to be. That one's going to be interesting because he was the big-time free agent on the indie scene after leaving Impact Wrestling after the hoopla and shenanigans that happened between him and the company. Uh, he's going to be a big pickup. It'll be interesting to see how long he's in NXT before they move him up. I would say not long. Uh, who else is there? Oh, they signed KSU that we talk about right here. KSU star running back the past couple of years, Bronson Rex Steiner. Yep. His uncle Scott Steiner and his dad, Rick Steiner. I think you know who he is. But here's the thing. Here's something people didn't know. When he was going to Kennesaw University, which is not hop, skip, and a jump, I actually just covered a football game there over the weekend. Uh, where his former teammates were still killing it. Uh, But what people don't know is Bronson had not only been training pro wrestling, probably since high school, while he was at KSU. I don't know if KSU knew this. While he was at KSU, uh, from what I read and what I heard, he was wrestling on the side on top of that, which there's nothing that says you, you can't. But I think if Kennesaw would have caught wind of it, they'd have said, uh, can we not do that during football season? But either way, uh, he had been wrestling. And he's one of those guys that's just a, a genetic freak. He may have the demeanor and look like his dad. He's got the overall physique and build of Uncle Scott. He uh, He's ridiculous. But uh, they they... And here's the thing. A lot of second and third generation guys, here's what WWE does. WWE will have guys and girls. They will have them in. They will say, hey, we really like what you're doing. We want you to really keep up what you're doing. And you kind of have a couple options. You can go back to the indies and, and keep doing your thing and honing your craft there. Or maybe go to this other association that is an affiliate of us. Maybe it's ran by, you know, Rikishi. Maybe it's ran by another former WWE star where they're going to kind of polish you into the way we do things because there is a WWE style and they do conform almost everybody into it. Nothing wrong with it. You know, you can go back to the Indies and do it your own way, uh, which means we may or may not have an offer down the road for you. You can go to this secondary, you know, this not secondary, but this other association and, 
uh, kind of learn the WWE way, and, uh, you know, we'll be in touch. That's usually what happens. Not here. They liked what they saw out of Bronson Rex Steiner so much that those other two options, well, the first option is always there. You can reject our offer or you can pass on our offer and go back to the Indies and, and kind of carve your own path, and, and maybe we revisit this down the road. If we don't, who knows? I don't think there was an option to, to go to a, a, an affiliate. They liked what they saw so much that they said, you're with us if you want to be. And so he signed it. And at the young age of, God, what is he, 22 now? 21, 22, he's right. A little bit of NFL experience. He did uh, spend the... He did spend the last summer with the Ravens. So the kid is an athlete. The kid is a super athlete. Uh, And he's so super awesome to talk to. I have been to many press conferences where you get to talk to him, and uh, he's going to be fun. But they signed Bronson Rex Steiner, and then the one that I said would, um, would give Rhea Ripley a little bit of a run for that spot on the card. They have similar styles, but I believe they call her the Wera Loca, which is like the crazy, crazy wolf or something like that. It's Taya, Taya Valkyrie, who, yes, is married to John Morrison, but I don't, she didn't get signed because of that. She got signed away from Impact Wrestling because her contract came up. She decided to move on. I mean, she's been in, in uh, She's been to Lucha Underground, where she really made her U.S. debut. Because she'd been down in Mexico and Puerto Rico and, and really made a following down there. I think she not sure if she's still the AAA Women's Champion or not. If so, she'll probably be dropping that soon. But Ty Valkyrie, man, it's for you WWE fans who don't know her yet, go YouTube some stuff. Go, go down those wormholes. But look out, because she's going to come in, and she is a lot more polished than the first few times I saw her. She wasn't bad then. And uh, it's not, I don't think she's going to be NXT very long either. Let's talk about SmackDown real quick. Last week, of course, you had uh, Roman, Jay, and Heyman came out. Daniel Bryan came out and said, uh, you know, how about a full match? Because you caught me after I've been in Elimination Chamber. So, um, you know, fair is fair at some point. Um, instead, that turns into Jay Uso versus Daniel Bryan which ended up being a, a double count-out. I call double count-outs most of the time colossal waste of time. That's exactly what that was. Uh, the Mysterios took on uh, Otis and Chad Gable. Otis and Chad Gable, uh, they're starting to push them as a tag team. They're, they're an interesting dynamic. We'll see what they end up doing with them. And once again, the Mysterios job out for somebody else. You had Apollo beat Shinsuke Nakamura. I've heard Nakamura is not very happy with his WWE status, but as far as I know, he doesn't want to leave and he doesn't want to go back to Japan, so we'll see what he does. Not a lot of room for him in other places. He'd probably end up in Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor, and I don't know that he'd be good fits in those right now. Uh, What else was there? The Rollins and Cesaro thing is interesting because it seems like they're trying to build up Cesaro to eventually be in the main event spot 
or one of the main event spots. Uh, having him in a program with Seth could definitely do that. And it gets Seth's kind of feet wet and him back in the mode of, after being off for a little bit after uh, being a new parent. But uh, I, I very much like where that could go. If that's WrestleMania match where it's Cesaro versus Rollins, I'm in. I could do that. That's pretty good SmackDown. Uh, let's move into Impact Wrestling in the blow-off match so that they could both go do other things. It was a table match between Jake Something and Diener. It was an okay table match. Jake Something, of course, wins the blow-off match because Diener is going to stay with uh, Eric Young's group, more than likely, unless they run him off and he jumps back into a tag team with Jake. But uh, Jake's got to go on to do something, so Jake Something won that match. Uh, big multi-man match. It seems like, you know, Sammy Guevara, who backed out of the Impact Wrestling tapings, uh, they said they were going to put Black Taru, Black Taurus, but Black Taru basically in the spots that would have been Sammy Guevara. Good call on Sammy Guevara, because it seems like he would just be jobbing out to the X-Vision. And Sammy is better than at least two-thirds, if not 90% of them. And that other 10%, he's pretty much eye-to-eye with. So he'd have been jobbing out to a bunch of these guys, and I don't blame him. Uh, Good Brothers roll as they beat Triple XL because you got to keep the Good Brothers hot because of the uh, the big crossovers, which didn't play a big phase last week or this week so far. Um, Scott Demore took a shot at WWE, which is pretty funny. Uh, Brian Myers, who is wearing an eye patch right now, uh, was running his mouth about something to which Scott Demore said, tell you what, next week you can take on Eddie Edwards, uh, Matt Cardona can be the referee, and uh, I don't know, we'll put a crazy stipulation on it, like an eye for an eye match, like uh, whoever loses, loses an eye, to which Brian Myers goes, what, are you insane? He goes, of course I'm not, that is the stupidest idea ever, who would ever make a match that is an eye for an eye? And he kind of looks at the camera and then walks off. Yeah, it was a stupid thing WWE did. And uh, it's just stupid. But uh, it was a funny shot by DeMore, and DeMore can get away with it. So it was funny. Um, now, because Jake won earlier, he got to take on Moose in the end. I like them building up Moose. I like them doing that. Um, I wouldn't. I kind of want Moose to win the title now because I... I think he's as ready as he's going to be. So I, I want him to beat Rich Swan, and I think that is a, a good thing moving forward for Impact Wrestling. And that's pretty much it from Impact Wrestling. There, I don't know what much else going on there. Uh, AEW, you had Moxley, who took out Ryan Nemeth, who was the little brother of Dolph Ziggler. I will continue to say that. Uh, they think real highly of, of Ryan Nemeth, enough to where... Is the Hollywood hunk or something like that? But uh, they they think highly enough to where they're putting him with big time people. Uh, even the, he's not really jobbing out because he's actually getting he's actually getting a little bit of play. Like he actually got some moves in. He actually battles back and, and stuff like that. So good for him. But of course, Moxie wins. They got to keep him looking fresh and looking good going into. AEW Revolution, which uh, I will get into right after this. Yeah, the Varsity Blondes versus Cage and Starks. Varsity Blondes are an up-and-coming team. Cage and Starks 
they need the momentum as well as they take on Darby Allen and Sting coming up. Uh, Sting and Darby end up coming down for that. Brandon Cutler took on Jake Hager. Uh, Brandon Cutler is just a friend of the Young Bucks. This whole inner circle Young Buck thing is is uh, it's an interesting storyline. It's involving all kinds of different pieces and parts. Of course, Jake Hager wins that. Yeah, conspicuous in his absence this week. Didn't see him. Saw everybody else in the inner circle. Not Jake. He might be training for a fight. Uh, Hangman Page beat Isaiah Cassidy. And when Matt Hardy and everybody and uh, uh, the Hybrid 2 come down to attack Page, Silver and Reynolds from Dark Order come to his aid, which set up something for this week. You guys should definitely go back and check that out if you did not. Um, yeah, while we're talking about AEW, why don't we talk about why don't we talk about AEW Revolution, which is the pay-per-view this weekend. It uh, has some interesting matches. AEW is also guilty of, of doing something WWE does. Uh, I call them uh, Basically, dinner time matches. It's a, uh, you know, sound the sound the bell, sound the the triangle. It's it's dinner time. Everybody rushes in. But uh, you know, the casino tag team battle royal. I'm sure it's for a future tag shot or something like that. It's where they use all these tag teams. They can pair up other people, even singles people. They can use a bunch of different people in a big multi man match. It uh, usually a little bit of chaotic. A little bit of chaos, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in that because uh, maybe the Good Brothers are in it, maybe some other teams are in it. I don't know. It seemed like a lot of different teams are going to be in it, and uh, it'll give all those people something to do, and you get your pay-per-view bonuses because of it. Now, as far as actual matches, Rio and Thunder Rosa are going to take on Dr. Britt Baker and Rebel. That should be a fun match. Those are four people who can actually re- four girls who can actually wrestle. That should be good. You get Face of the Revolution ladder match, another multi-man ladder match, but this one has doesn't have an infinite number of people. You've got Cody Rhodes. You've got Scorpio Sky. You've got Penta El Zero Miedo. That's fun, Dark. You've got Lance Archer. You've got Max Caster. And then the sixth person is TBD. This is a way for them to debut somebody. This is a way for them to uh, reward somebody that uh, didn't have previously have something to do. And the winner of this earns a TNT title opportunity. I like to give prediction on this one. Honestly, who should get a shot at the TNT title is Lance Archer. Unless the TBD is is uh, uh, one of Taz's group or something like that. Um, who else should take on Darby? Lance Archer. Lance Archer should be TNT champ. So I don't think Cody's going to do it. Scorpio Sky, they've kind of been building up a little bit, but he's also good at hyping up things like that. So I'm going to say Lance Archer is my pick, Not even, even though knowing TBD could be anybody. Uh, Miro and Kip Sabian are going to take on Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. I think Cassidy and Chuck Taylor are going to win this. Uh, Miro and Kip Sabian are trying to avenge the wedding debacle caused by Cassidy and Taylor, but uh, Cassidy and Taylor are pairing up because Chuck Taylor's normal partner 
is uh, out on injury, and so uh, you pair him with Orange Cassidy, who is is uh, the third part of their group, best friends. But I'm going to say Cassidy and Taylor take that one. Up next, you've got Adam Page versus Matt Hardy in a big money match. Supposedly this has to do with whoever wins. They get the first quarter of the year earnings of the guy they beat. I don't, I don't like this latest Matt Hardy. And, and to be honest, I don't like a lot of other forms. The delete thing, crazy Matt Hardy, eventually made a lot of sense to me. It makes a lot of sense now. But uh, this, this one's just goofy. I, I, I don't really like this whole, these money obsessed about making deals. That's not Matt Hardy. He's never been that. So uh, maybe they fix that out. But uh, I think Adam Page is going to win this match. He's another guy that they need to keep building. He's a, he's a cornerstone of the company. You keep pushing Adam Page. Uh, it, the whole weird gray area between him and the Dark Order is interesting. I don't necessarily know that he needs to join the Dark Order, but I don't necessarily know that he needs to not join them. You know what I mean? This whole uh, playful banter between them is, is interesting. Uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks is going to take on Darby Allen and Sting. I think you don't bring Sting back unless he's going to win, right? And it helps push Darby, who's the TNT champ. Keeps him looking fresh. Cage and Starks are going to do a good job of making it look really good. I think that's what they're going to do. So I'm gonna I'm picking a lot of good guys here. I guess I'm gonna start picking bad guys in a minute. Um, the AEW Tag Team Championship. You get the Young Bucks, who are the champs, to take on the inner circle of Chris Jericho and MJF. What's weird is is the Jericho MJF tag team is an interesting dynamic, but it's it's like this: the Young Bucks are one of the best teams on the planet, one of the best teams of all time. Uh, if you told me they lost to a team of Jericho and somebody, sure. Jericho and MJF, um, all that work of, of having MJF kind of infiltrate the inner circle and being a part of it now, Jericho's pulling most of the weight. Jericho's pulling most of the weight, and, uh, and MJF is just kind of, uh, filler when he needs to be, and, and, uh, I need to see more out of MJF. Um, if, if MJF were closer to being top tip, top shape form, I would say give it to Jericho and MJF, but give me the Young Bucks because there's so many other teams that you could put against them that, that, uh, if you said they were going to lose to them, you know, that the Young Bucks were going to lose to one of these teams, then that makes more sense to me. And outside of Jericho having a title, I don't see a purpose of moving the belts. Women's championship. You get Akaru Shida is going to take on the Elim- Eliminator tournament winner, which was spoiler alert, I gotta tell you that one because you've got to know who she's facing. Uh Rio Mizunami. She beat Nyla Rose. Uh they kind of got into it after the match too, which was kind of interesting. I think these two know each other very well. I think it's going to be very good. They're having to find different people for Akaru Shida to win. Because of the shutdown, it was very limited in who she faced, and she ran through everybody. So they kind of have to find fresh blood. She, I mean, she's beaten Isla Rose. She's beat all these other people. So it's kind of nice that uh, she's going to take on somebody different, and it's good for this girl. Hopefully she sticks around. She was really good against Isla Rose. Uh, your AEW World Championship, you're going to get Kenny Omega as the champ. 
to take on John Moxley in an exploding barbed wire death match. I didn't stutter. I didn't stutter. I am 100% against these matches because this is how people forever change their lives in a bad way. Uh, I get it if you're trying to make a name for yourself. I, I would find a different way if it was me. But the fact that your two top stars right now are going to be in this match that is just going to be a bloody mess. It would be like if you shrunk two people down and put them in a blender and turned it on medium for two seconds is what this is going to look like. I'm sure these two can make it look good, you know, as far as uh, everything, but why? Why are we having this match? This is the stupidest thing. This is seriously how somebody gets hurt. The, the barbed wire really does cut you up, and it just slices you up just awful, awful. And and they're actually going to have the exploding uh, charges and, and things like that, and I just, I don't understand why they're doing this. It is, it's just not a good idea. I'll put it that way. It's not a good idea. But that's AEW Revolution. They are, it is, I believe this Sunday, you can get the pay-per-view for like 50 or 60 bucks. Uh, If you watch it through the, through the, Bleacher Report live stream option, then you can get $10 off, but you're already paying for the subscription for them, so it's really the same price if you count it that way. It's not bad, because it's a loaded card, and and I'll give them that. It's a loaded card, but, man, I don't even know that I want to see any highlights from the main event, and these are two of my favorite wrestlers to watch in the last few years, and two that have just to whore up the house. And now it seems like they're going to explode the house. And I'm just not for those kind of matches. There were there were lines ECW crossing the day that I just, I turned it off. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad this is on pay-per-view because uh, if this was on TV, it, it would pain me to watch it. So I hope both wrestlers survive. I hope both, both wrestlers get out of this what they need to get out of it. Maybe this is a way to write Moxley off for a, a little while so he can go to New Japan and do what he needs to do with with the belt he has. I just feel like there's better, more comical ways that you could have done that. Once again, it is what it is. I saw about UFC fight night that happened last week. Uh, The big things you need to know is uh, that Montana De La Rosa and... uh, Maria Bueno Silva fought to the draw. I thought that was pretty accurate. You you could have you could have leaned one way or the other. It was a pre, it was a pretty fifty fifty fight. Um, yeah, what I would do, I would almost have a policy if I was Dana White that if there's a draw, I offer both competitors the chance to rematch in two or three months, and uh, give me a winner. And I, I think. Maybe they would do it. If they didn't want to, that's fine. But I would do that with almost any draw. That's just me. Dana, if you're listening, which, who knows, you could be. 
Dan, if you listen, that's what I would do. Um, Nikita Krylov lost to Magomed Ankalev by unanimous decision. Ankalev's just, he's good, man. He's, he's good. Uh, and Krylov is, is solid, but yeah. Magomed Ankalev, uh, Anka, or Ankalev. I'm just going to call him Magomed now because I keep butchering his name. But a uh, big win there. And then, and apparently the thing nobody ever thought could happen, it wasn't that big of an upset, but uh, Jarzino Rosenstrike even has said that's probably one of the worst performances he's had in fighting. And guess what? He lost to Cyril Gane, who is good. First of all, they're both in a main event of a UFC event. They're not slouches, folks. Gane was not in there, so Rosenstrike could have an easy win. No, Dana books people so that no matter who wins, that's the better person that day. So good for Cyril Gane. Uh, he gets the unanimous decision in five rounds. He won all five rounds. The score was 50 to 45 or whatever it was. Yeah, that's how that works. People are like, well, he didn't finish him in five rounds. He didn't need to. He put on a clinic. He went for it a few times, but when it wasn't there, he didn't get over his skis trying to figure it out. But uh, fight night, man, just huge. And what does that lead us to? That leads us. That leads us to UFC 259 in the UFC Apex. That is this Saturday night on pay-per-view. You guys know all the way to get it on pay-per-view. Um, just as far as, as any of these fights, because there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 14 fights. I'm just going to talk about the prelims and the main card because these are the people you're going to know. You should watch the other ones because those are people you should know and that you should know going forward. But uh, just on the prelims, you get Rogero Bontorin is going to take on Kai Cara France. I think it's France. But you get Joseph Bened- 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 Benavides. I have to slow that one down. It's going to take on a guy who has one of the coolest names, Oscar Oscarov. You get Kyler Phillips is going to take on Sonya Dong. Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny. That could be a main event card right there. No, that's the prelims. The main card, Tiago Santos takes on Alexander Rukic. You get Drew Dober is going to take on Islam Makachev. Nothing personal. Dober, who is no slouch. Makachev, man. DC. Daniel Cormier was talking big about him. Now, granted, they're from the same camp. They're from uh, American Kickboxing Academy, a.k.a. But, uh, yeah, Islam Makachev is no joke. It's, uh, he's got one blemish on his record, another win or so over somebody like Drew Dober, and you're going to forget about it. That dude is is a potential rocket to the top. Uh, you get Aljamain Sterling is taking on Peter Yawn. There are three title fights. This is the first one. That's the first title fight. This one is a uh, 
this one is for the Bantamweight Championship. Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling. I don't know who to pick. Uh, you would think champions advantage for this UFC. That means nothing. So, I don't know. I think the winner of this is the best of the two, at least on this night. Uh, you get Megan Anderson, who is going to take on the returning Amanda Nunes. This is for Amanda's flyweight championship. She is also, or featherweight championship. Uh, she also holds the other one as well. But uh, this is the one she's defending. It's one of those, at some point, somebody's going to beat Amanda because Amanda was that person who beat Holly Holm and who beat Ronda Rousey and, and ran through the division in the group. But so you you always want you want to be, a lot of people want to be the one, and I'm guilty of this, a lot of people want to be the one to call the upset. So a lot of times you'll call upsets every time because nobody remembers when you're wrong. But when you're right on something like this, you look really nice. On my UFC pick'em, I pick Megan Anderson. But does that mean I'm against Amanda Nunes? Not at all. If Amanda picks up the win here, then she might be the greatest female fighter of all time. Because who, what what else do you what else can she possibly do? You're you're seriously running out of people because she's running through them. That's going to be a huge one. And then you're going to get Israel Adesanya, who is a champion in the – forgot what division now. Yeah, they got it backwards on there. Uh, but he is a champion who is stepping up to take on Jan Bojovic. Who is the lightweight champion? Uh, we're getting champion versus champion there. There are four belts, only three are on the line. This is super stacked. They do this. I think there's two title title fights next week on a fight night, and then it kind of dries up. I don't know why they loaded them up like this, but and the weird thing is, is even though Israel Adesanya is moving up a division to take on Bojovic, he's the favorite. What? You're the one moving up to take on the champion of a division, and you're the favorite? Okay, that's a, that's a media hype decision there. That's what that is. That's a Vegas trying to get the money on the other side type thing. Uh, I got Jan Bohovic on this one. Uh, if Israel wins, great. Maybe he decides to stick in the division. If not, he's going to have to ping pong back and forth uh, until he either loses one or Dana makes him give him up one. But uh, we could see another champ champ. But we'll see. That's that's uh, going to be something else. Uh, what else was? Oh, before we get out of here, Big Show signed with AEW. He came out. Him and uh, him and Tony Schiavone are going to commentate one of the three or four shows that AEW is going to be having on on TNT soon. Obviously, they already have Dynamite which is their uh, weekly normal action show. They're, they're going to have AEW Dark, which, let's put it this way, to be a dark match, it's usually the matches that you tape that you have before you go on TV, before you go live on TV. If you're showing them on TV, then they're not dark matches anymore. They're just 
regular matches. So maybe you think about a different name there, but uh, good for uh, Big Show. Or he's called uh, Paul White. It's his actual name. He's going by Paul White. He had a, a funny he had a funny shirt on this week when he came out to debut, saying uh, "No more BS," aka Big Show. Uh, that was pretty funny. And then lastly, I want to talk about this before we get out of here because I talked about it earlier. I mentioned it, and uh, I want to make sure to get to everything. Oh, wait. If, let me talk about Ring of Honor. I will talk about that last thing in a second. Uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, La Fashion Ignorable. Representatives Dragon Lee and Kenny King with Amy Rose took on the Foundation, Lethal, and Gresham uh, in a, I believe it was a pure match. For the uh, tag team championships, oh, maybe it wasn't pure because then it wouldn't be for the tag championships. But uh, there was an illegal close punch when the ref's back was turned after Lethal uh, accidentally hit Rose instead of Amy Rose instead of uh, Kenny King. Uh, but beyond that, uh, Kenny King and Dragon Lee are super performers. Lethal and Gresham, two of the best on the planet. Uh, you got the foundation in La Fashion Ignorable. Of course, Roosh is the one who heads that up, but you could kind of get this. I could see them adding a fourth member at some point and you getting La Fashion Ignorable versus the foundation kind of four on four pair up. I, I could see that. But, uh, new tag team champions. And speaking of Roosh, you had Kenny King on commentary. Um, Roosh defended his... World Heavyweight Championship against Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor, who in the past, I would say two or three years, has probably been the unsung hero of Ring of Honor. I would say he's been the MVP of Ring of Honor, not the wrestler MVP. He has been the most, the the MVW. He's been the most valuable wrestler because he's had TV title runs. He has been paired up with SOS. They are a killer trio. SOS is a, uh, they're, in fact, they are the trio's champions at the moment. Shane Taylor is just been monumental in the growth of Ring of Honor, in my opinion. And uh, he finally gets a title shot. He gets it against Roosh, and it takes Kenny King turning on him. Because Kenny King was trying to defend it that, uh, no, we don't need to do these things. You're talking Rush, Rush and all these other guys, or all the other members of uh, La Fashion Ignorable from interfering in this match. So instead, he turns on Shane Taylor. It's going to shut up. It's going to set up Shane Taylor versus Kenny King for a little while, which is fine because both of those are really good performers and it'll be good that way, but. Now we're wasting Shane Taylor's time again. And I don't like it. I feel like Shane Taylor, it's a travesty. I told him as much. It's a travesty that he didn't win that match. I did not like the ending whatsoever. I understand what it's setting up. But you give Shane Taylor a title shot just to take it away and throw him off to the side in some other side hustle, basically. I don't like it. I, I I just don't like it. I felt like Shane Taylor to get a fair shot. And uh, I honestly think he was running that match with Roosh. There was a chance he was going to win that one. 
So Shane Taylor, I'm on your side, bud. I, I know you're not a person who necessarily cares if people back you or not. You go out and you get business done and you do things uh, the way you see fit, whether I, whether they agree with that or not. But I'm on your side on this one. I, I felt you got a raw deal, and I think it'll be it'll probably be another six months before you get another title shot, and that had nothing to do with you. You've been the most accomplished challenger Roosh has had. He took on PCO, who he won the belt from. He's took on uh, he's took on Brody King. He's took on a bunch of other people, and that's fine. But yeah, I just uh, Shane Taylor, you, you should have been the champ, man. And uh, like I said, I, whether it means anything to you that people back you on that, that's up to you. But once again, like I like to say, it's my show, and I'm saying it. Uh, Shane Taylor should have at least had a more fair shot. He got a raw deal, and uh, in my opinion, he should be world champ. Even if it's a short run, I think Shane Taylor should be Ring of Honor champion in the very near future. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll uh, write a letter to my local senator or, or the senator in New Jersey or wherever they are uh, taping Ring of Honor nowadays. But last but not least, after I get off my soapbox for that, um, there is, it's so big I wrote it down twice at the top of my page and of notes, and I didn't even realize I wrote it down twice. We all know that Ben Askren is going to box Jake Paul, Ben Askren, the MMA fighter, Jake Paul, the, uh, you call it internet sensation, but he's not. It's more than that to me. Uh, the Paul brothers started off as we'll call them what it was it started off as uh sideshow attractions you know you go to the circus there's the lion tamer there's the elephants there's the clowns there's the trapeze act all that and then kind of off over here on the corner is this uh, other thing is really cool but it's not in the main three rings right that's kind of where it started but they built up a following they're building up what the paul brothers are doing right now jake and, and logan paul i believe is the other one they have built up quite a following to where that last the last rounds of fights they've had, they're getting attention and they're getting the right kind of attention and they're rewriting the script on the way boxing and uh, or exhibition boxing, but boxing in general goes. At some point, they're going to get other boxers in this. At other at some point, they're going to get MMA guys in this. How, a lot of people say, "Well, Ben Askren's." Uh, too scrappy of a fighter that Jake Paul didn't stand a chance. That's fine. Once again, it's your opinion. I think Jake Paul's got as good a reason to win this as Ben Askren does. Uh, Skill-wise, Ben Askren, sure. But don't we always say a puncher's chance? Don't we always say in MMA you're only one shot away from you know one split second, one punch away from ending the thing? Well, Jake Paul could do that. And I'm not saying that's the only way he could win because, for all we know, he could come out there and put on a clinic and make Ben look bad. He might. Ben may do the same thing as Jake. But what the Paul brothers are doing right now I think is fantastic. They've got my attention on boxing, and I'll be honest, I haven't seen an actual boxing fight on purpose. Flip past it all the time. Just did a few minutes ago before we started the show. I haven't watched an actual boxing fight on television in, I would say, 10 or 15 years. If I started throwing out names, you'd know how long it's been. 
It's uh, it, it just and it it had nothing to do with MMA taking my attention. I just I didn't like where boxing was going. I'm not a big Mayweather fan. Pacquiao is okay. Uh, some of the guys they got now, I've seen bits and pieces and highlights of their fights. Okay. And boxing has had to go through this, where they went through a cycle. They didn't have a lot of marketable stars. UFC did the same thing a couple years ago. Once Tito and Randy and Chuck and and a lot and uh, Matt Hughes and, and those guys, once the GSP, once they started moving on, they didn't have a lot of pushable stars, and they were trying to make stars out of them. Arlovsky, um, Tim Sylvia. But you could argue what helped put them back on the map was Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor. That still keep them relevant even when the two of them aren't fighting. I think there's a chance we could see Ronda Rousey back in either a wrestling ring or an octagon soon, but we'll see. But no, what Jake Paul and, and Logan Paul are doing, I, I, the same thing that I said to Shane Taylor. Uh, whether it matters to you whatsoever that you have my support, is is up to you, but I very much like and enjoy what the Paul brothers are doing. I like that Ben Askren answered the bell on this because they've been trying. They're trying to show legitimacy, and they're not just trying to go for the big paydays. Because yeah, I mean, there's bigger people that the Paul brothers could fight and make and make bigger money, but those guys don't want to fight these guys. Ben Askren's like, you know what? I'm going to show that MMA has got something to prove, and that MMA is is better. Than, than what these guys are doing. And so he answers the call. I'm sure he's getting paid pretty decent too. But Ben's going to go in there and try to win this match and that I mean, this fight, and that's what you want. Well, here's the latest on it. There's been a there's been a new boxing match added to this. Antonio Tarver, 50-year-old Antonio Tarver, who used to fight back in the day, uh, had a bunch of big fights. I'm sure he still stays in pretty moderately good shape. But uh, he's going to fight 41-year-old MMA legend Frank Mir. Uh, whose daughter's killing it in Bellator right now. Frank Mir. Frank Mir, who dashed the hopes of Brock Lesnar faithful when he tapped him out with a knee bar in in, uh, Brock's opening fight. Frank Mir is going to box Antonio Tarver. This is exciting. This is is super exciting. I'm excited for this. I hope you guys are excited for this. But I told you there's more on this. There's not just a second fight now. We know what city this is going to happen in. This is going to happen right here in the ATL. In Atlanta, this fight, Ben Askren's going to fight Jake Paul in a boxing match. Frank Mir's going to box Antonio Tarver. It's going to be in Atlanta. When is it? April 17th. Guess what? That's like five weeks from now? That's, let's count. Let's see. We are in the first week of March. So second, third, fourth. Let's see. One, two, three. Four, five, okay, we're about six weeks. My math's a little off. We're about six weeks out of this, and we know two fights on the card. I'm sure they're going to put a few more. Honestly, if they were smart, I'd find Logan Paul an opponent, and I'd have the Paul brothers fight on there. I don't know who he's going to fight. you you got to figure that out, but you need at least one or two more undercard names because you have your 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 main event and your co-main event you have those 
So you do a third fight of people you've heard of. I mean, Barstool with with uh, their fight stuff, they do a good job with this. They had one of their intern guys fight Jose Canseco. And Jose showed up. We talked about it on this show. That You look into something like that. I would see if uh, Tanya Harding wants to fight. She's a name. She was pretty decent boxer there for a while. See if Tanya Harding wants to fight somebody. Why not? But April 17th, right here in the ATL, Frank Mayer versus Tony Otarva, Ben Askren versus Jake Paul. I'm in. Triller, I believe, is the one putting this on. Triller, I'm in. Let's do this. Let's do this. But before I get too fired up, that is going to be it. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to go calm down a little bit. Uh, but this is, man, I'm fired up. There's so many good things happening at AEW Revolution this weekend. You've got UFC 256. I just told you about Aspen Paul, Tar Vermeer, right here in Atlanta, April 17th. Tons of good stuff all this week so far on wrestling. It is Thursday. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week on Strong Style. Deuces, gooses. Go watch wrestling. Go watch MMA. And go Shane Taylor.